Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the seventh episode of The Soccer Scene here with Sport Limerick. I'd like to be joined once again by Noel and Jason O'Connor for this evening's game where we digest the Galway United game with Treaty last night. Also move on to the Cork City Munster Derby, which is on Friday at the earlier time of three o'clock. Uh, hopefully, anyway, obviously there's a the pitch, pitch inspection, excuse me, tomorrow uh, to discuss whether the game will go ahead or not. Um, it would be Treaty's first home game. You have a number of things. Obviously, we have the... Cooey Cup final in junior circles tomorrow night as well uh, to discuss as well as our predictions league once more. So Noel, without further ado, I suppose we'll discuss the Galway United victory over Treaty United last night, the Monday night fixture. But what was your overall assessment of the performance and the result for Treaty last night? Yeah, I suppose it's not uh, entirely unexpected um, that they lost. Um, I thought they, they gave a decent enough account to themselves. I thought they were a lot better than they were against Cove. Um, my feeling about Galloway is that they're a much, much improved outfit from last year. And, um, you know, treaty weren't a million miles maybe from Nick from Nick in a point. The way the, the, way the game meant, uh, went, you know, I thought they were totally dominated in the first half. I thought Galloway's tactics were spot on. And um, they kind of played with a front three, really, and didn't really give the treaty defence a chance to to settle on the ball and force them into kind of hurry clearances. And, you know, they did very well picking up the second ball as well. And, you know, they totally dominated that first half, We're, you know, without creating a lot of chances, but um, just a couple and, and got a goal. But I thought uh, that they were full value for it. They got a goal early in the second half then, which, which was a nice cushion for them. And then they started to coast a little bit. Um, I thought it was a really bad error um, on the Galway side for... for Treaty's goal and you know when you're 2-0 up in the game and all of a sudden it's 2-1 you know the psychology changes um, they started to get deeper and deeper um, I presume they were feeling a bit tired as well as they had had a game um, on Friday night against Bray and uh, as we said already that Treaty were going to be fresh and uh, you know when you're 2-0 up and someone scores then you know it's kind of a natural reaction to, to drop and drop and at the end I think both sides has had very very good chances to get another goal and neither managed it. So I think overall, probably a, a fair result, uh, certainly a good win for Galway. And look, they're, they're miles ahead of where they were last year. Um, and I, I don't think it is that Treaty have gone backwards, but I think that as Galway have certainly have improved a lot from this time last year. Yeah, they certainly do look odds on to be right up there for a league title challenge in terms of the, the strength of their organisation. Uh, Jason, I have to say, I feared the worst for Treaty from the first half. Obviously, conceding, excuse me, so early in the game, which is a disaster, especially when, you know, Galway don't give you an awful lot of goals or chances. Then, you know, you concede that goal, the second goal that Treaty conceded very close to halftime. I feel, you know, obviously it's been a very debatable uh, decision, I suppose. Some people have bent on the line of that it was absolutely not a free kick. You hear other opinions saying that it was a free kick for a foul on Joe Garman. You're tuning down at halftime, in fairness, I suppose there was some positives in that treaty showed uh, some of the spirit that we would have seen a lot of last year to get back into the game and, you know, I suppose narrowly lose out in the end. Yeah, Adrian, you, you kind of covered it there, really. It's it's firstly two poor goals conceded from treaty and, and it's the timing of the goals as well as, as the fashion they conceded them in for me six minutes in, you know, the mantra always going to Galway is don't give a man thing early get through the first 15 minutes 
Um, if the artist score a goal, make sure they earn it because, as you said, it's it's very very difficult to get one goal, never mind two, um, in MDC Park. But look, you look at six minutes; it's off a long throw. You know, it's flicked on by Mikey Rowe and and Wilson Aguero at the back post seems to have way too much time for me to to finish it. It's a good finish, there's no doubt about it. But he has way too much time, Adrian. And and from that point of view, six minutes in. If you're looking at it internally, you're questioning the warm-up, how they start the game, what kind of, of I suppose, spirit and, and rousing pre-match team talk they've got, you know, going into the game because it's a sloppy goal to give away so early. You mentioned there the goal on 44 minutes and there's a big difference, Adrian, in going in 1-0 down at half-time and going in 2-0 down, which was the case when, when Joe Garman was dispossessed. And look, we were talking about it in real time. You asked my opinion and straight away I said it wasn't a foul. Having played up front at this level and, and numerous levels, you don't expect your, your centre-back, someone of the size and stature of Joe Garman, to be dispossessed that easily. He should have just put his foot through the ball, game management, 44 minutes on the clock, get in one goal down and you can regroup and, and you're certainly still in the game. You know, look, and even you go on past, I suppose, him being dispossessed the amount of time Stephen Walsh had to bring the ball back onto his favoured left foot and, and finish it into the top corner shouldn't really be shouldn't be really allowed either inside the box, you know. So two sloppy goals, Noel correctly said the goal back for Treaty was a mistake from, from Galway. Good finish by Enda Kern. Um, but until Tommy changed the formation, really, Adrian to 4-4-2, and it was a 4-4-2 from Galway. Make no mistake about that. You know, with, with Walsh and Aguero up front. You had Mikey Rowe wide and, and Ed McCarthy wide who came in narrow um, out of possession. If you want to use the technical term, I suppose, as the diamond shape in midfield, but they come in off the wings when they're out of possession and, and they have plenty of bodies in and around the middle of the park. And then they get back out when the ball goes out to London and Charlie Fleming and we didn't see a whole pile of, of attacking quality from, from either treaty fullback because of the way Galway were set up. And look, we've said it numerous occasions. I said it from, from last year, 4-4-2 against Treaty causes them big, big problems, you know, and, and it was the same the other night. But look, I'm not being critical of Treaty. It's one of them games where I class as a free shot. You're playing against a full-time outfit with, with a very big budget compared to what Treaty have. They did change to 4-4-2, you know, and when they did, the difference was seen straight away. You know, they brought on Red Hanlon, you know, and, and they got a goal back within a minute of, of him coming onto the pitch, Adrian, you know, and, and look, Kieran had a, a big chance, as we saw, you know, on, on 87 minutes, I think it was, you know, and it's he'll look back at that and and he'll know, he won't need me to tell him um, that he should convert that chance. He's six, seven yards out. He doesn't hit the target. You know, he hasn't played a game since the beginning of the season. Possibly that's a factor. Um, but the game only really opened up when, when Treaty went to 4-4-2. That 4-3-3 is becoming very predictable um, for opposition teams. And if you're going to play three in the middle, then there has to be, I suppose, that third midfielder needs to be closer to the current. He was very isolated for a lot of the time um, until, as I said, on, on 66 minutes, you know, that, that they went two up top. But no, can be critical of the spirit they showed. They fought back into the game. They had some chances. Um, and look, it's a free shot. The game's against Cork, Galway and Waterford. 
are free shots for me. Um, but look, great to see the spirit. Great to see the the never say die attitude from the players, and and that was back to to what we saw last year. Yeah, they did show spirit in the second half, Noel. And obviously, as Jason mentioned, you know, could have easily nicked the draw as well. I know Galway had a few chances on the break, but could have easily nicked the draw with Kieran Hanlon. It was probably down to Matt Sharpness as much as anything that maybe he didn't convert what was a a guilt edge chance by by his own standards, I suppose. Uh, do you think that Jason is right, Noel, and that maybe if Treaty, you know, changed to four four two, got an extra man closer at least to, to end the current, that it would bear fruit, uh, it would be fruitful for them. Yeah, well, I think um, I think there was a bit of initiative handed to Galloway. There's no doubt it started again. Took a while to work out exactly who was playing where. There seemed to be a lot of central midfielders um, on the pitch and maybe just a lack of, you know, a, a bit of width or creativity. I know you're away from home, but um, if you have a player, and I just mentioned Joel Costrain, for example, you know, I'd use the word that, you know, he'd keep the Galloway defence honest. I would have said the same about uh, Sean McSweeney last year. Because you know when he gets the ball that, you know, maybe one pass or, or one break and he can turn, you know, a normal situation into a, a really good attacking situation. And it just keeps defences um, honest. And, you know, I was just wondering, like, you, you know, you've, you've Lee Devitt, you've Mark Walsh, you have uh, Callum McNamara. You know, I consider them kind of central midfielders, you know, in the more defensive sense. And Matt Keane is another, you know... A, Another hardworking midfielder for me, Stephen Christopher. You know, I thought he started well, but you know, he was out of the game for long. You know, for long periods, I felt, and they probably just felt. You know, I felt that they needed maybe a kind of a a good wide player. You know, just to get him up the pitch, and uh, maybe to to create a bit more. And I think Jason is right because I I think it was the personnel that actually came on as well that kind of swung the game as much as the chain they change of formation, a couple of more attacking players, you know, against a tiring Galway team in fairness to them because they, you know, they had played away to Bray and probably psychologically just, just getting a small bit nervous because they probably would have felt that, you know, it wasn't a one-goal game at that stage and uh, they had let it get to that so they obviously got a bit nervous. But uh, maybe another attacking player, you know, might have lifted, lifted the siege a little bit, uh, certainly in the first half. And in fairness, Jason, as Noel mentioned, maybe it was personnel as well. In fairness to the likes of Joel Costrain, when he came on, you know, he was trying desperately hard to make things happen, that's for sure. Yeah, Adrian, but look, just to touch on the personnel, and if you look how Galway employed that 4-4-2, and you look at the personnel treaty you have available, I'd be more inclined to go with Lee Davis on the left side and Matt Keane on the right side and, and bring him in close out of possession. And then you have four actual midfield players. They can obviously, we see Matt Keane can play wide on the right. He did so on last year and, and he provided quite a few assists from, from that wide area last year as well as his industry. I know Lee David a long, long time. He can play wide left. He has done for Cove. He has done for Limerick FC in the past. So if he gets on the ball in the wide area, he can deliver something for you as well. And if you were to employ them in them positions with Callum and Mark Walsh in the middle, then it gives you the option to play here in Hanlon and in the current up front. And, and I'll go back to what I said a moment ago about Cork and, and Waterford games coming up. They're free shots in the sense that Treaty aren't expected to get three points because I suppose the other teams in, in that area vying for 
for playoff positions probably won't pick up three points against Cork, Galway and Waterford either. So why not change the approach? Why not change the formation um, and, and be a bit more detailed in the instructions you give to your wide players um, and, and change it up and, and surprise the opposition because I think everybody now is, is getting too familiar with the 4 And let's be honest, it's not really been effective, Adrian. Do you know, it's not... Um, it's not creating a whole pile of chances. If you look at the, the chances created from Treaty, a lot of them came from set pieces, you know, in the current had an overhead kick in, in the first half that went nearly wide. That was off a Ludden long throw. Hit another header okay from, from across by Stephen Christopher. But outside of that, it was only when they went 4-4-2 that, that they looked dangerous in the final third. So I'd love to see Tommy take a different approach. Um, I know from looking at him over a number of years, you know, he, he doesn't seem to veer too far from, from 4-3-3, but look, why not, why not mix it up? Why not ask the opposition different questions? Um, and you can always revert back and, and be more solid if things aren't going your way, like, because as I keep saying, and he has said, you're not expected to be Cork Godway and Waterford, so why not have a go? Yeah, I suppose, no, the only thing is, do you think that, because I suppose that sort of formation served him quite well, against Galway on two occasions in Eamon DC Park last year, you know, do you think that that might have played a factor in even playing that formation as well and not veering from it until they went behind? Yeah, I think so. Look, um, there wasn't a whole lot wrong about last night. They were up against a very good side. Obviously, you know, it's only two games ago that they beat Wexford um, 5-1. You know, they had a bit of a, a hiccup, if you like, against Cove. I suppose that's the one that'll hurt more. You're probably thinking if they if they played as well as they played last night um, below in Cove, they probably would have the six points and, you know, there'd be less talk about last night. But, um, you know, the formations for me, I think the game gets its own, a life of its own. And sometimes you end up playing a bit more than five or six or seven behind the ball. Sometimes it's a lot more. And then other days, everything just clicks into shape. And, you know, so the formations... I, I don't think the tactics had a, had a big bearing in the game last night uh, in terms of Galway were very, very strong and very fit and very committed and they were at home and they really meant business and I think that that was the biggest factor about it. Yeah, speaking of approaches, Jason, as, as I mentioned, we're not, we're certainly far from 100% sure on whether the game will go ahead at Markets Field on Friday. Um, you know, it's, it's it's very up in the air at the moment, we, we know. Uh do you think, though, if the game goes ahead, we're going to speak as if it's going ahead right now, <clears throat> obviously. Um, do you think that there will be a change? Because obviously Corksy now are coming off the back of beating Waterford 2-0 in a Munster derby. You know, they have started quite well in the season outside of losing to Galway. Really, maybe the draw against Longford would have been ideal for them. But, you know, would do you think that Tommy will probably stick to the, to the status quo and not fear too much from it, despite being at home for the first time? Yeah, no, I don't think he will change. It's it's not really his nature, as I said there, to to be too adventurous, I suppose, with his lineups. You know, so I wouldn't expect any changes really, um, unless there's there's people injured that we don't know about. Adrian, um, we know Colin Conroy uh, picked up a concussion, so he came off the bench. Uh, he'd probably be out of. of he would probably not be back either, Jason. Yeah, so if that is the case, Adrian, I wouldn't expect there to be many changes. Um, in the lineup, I would expect it to be to be another four three three, and and look, that seems to be the approach. 
see how you go for possibly 60 minutes um, and, and then throw on a couple of extra strikers and, and go gung-ho a little bit. That seems to be the mantra for me. I'd love to see Willie Armshaw start the game. Um, look, he might last the 90 minutes, but give him a 45, give him the ball, tell him get at people. Um, if you're going to play with that 4-3-3 and you're going to look for, for stuff from wide areas, instead of bringing him on when, when people are tired, I'm sure it would give the lad himself a lift. Um, do you know, give him a start and, and give him the ball and, and try to excite the fans. I know he's a fan's favourite, so that could be something for, mm. for Tommy to consider. But in relation to the lineup, I wouldn't expect there to be many changes. Um, we see Cian Murphy in, in sparkling form uh, for Cork. He was one we kind of identified in, in the pre-season predictions, kind of that a young player kind of coming, I suppose, to to fruition this year from, from Cork's underage system, you know, and look, they'll probably play with, with one up front, so it'll be less open than, than the Galway game, but I wouldn't see Tommy changing a whole point. Yeah, and what, what do you think in terms of a prediction, Jason, what do you think will, will happen on Friday? I think Cork will win the game, Adrian. I certainly do. They're on the a crest of a wave. Um, I didn't expect them to beat Waterford. That was in my predictions. Um, and that was really down to the fact that, that Keen Coleman was out and, and he's been a big player for them in the centre of defence. We know Dylan McGlade is, is going to be out for another while yet. So I didn't expect him to beat Waterford. I didn't. And that was a fantastic win for them. So I would expect him to follow up with a win. Treaty won't make it easy for them. It will be a close game, but I would expect Cork to come out on top. Yeah, as Jason mentioned, Noel, uh, Cork are on the crest of a wave. I mean, that was a huge win. And to be fair, they've had unbelievable crowds as well at Turner's Cross for their, their home games. Uh, you know, they will be coming full of confidence now to Limerick. They they will also feel, I suppose, that group of players, Cork, that they, they owe Treaty 1, considering Treaty's good record against them, which is probably be a fear for us as well. Yeah, I think they would. And again, a bit like Galloway, I think they're kind of, you know, a kind of transformed, uh, transfer. Transform group from last year. I actually watched the uh, uh, Cork City Cove, uh, Cove game on Friday night, as the as the the treaty game was postponed, and they were very very impressive. Um, they got a, a goal from a set play from Ali Gilchrist, and uh, five minutes or five minutes or six minutes later, they had two really 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 good chances to go three 0 up. They monopolised the ball, um, and once they got the second game or the second goal, which I thought was really impressive. They just held on to possession. They didn't try too hard anymore. They just didn't give Cove uh, a sniff of it. They brought the ball all around the pitch from side to side and back to front. And I felt it was because that they were, if you like, they already had one eye on Monday night um, and the game against Waterford. And I suppose from that point of view and looking at what happened on Monday night, then, it, you know, it seems to be going pretty well down, down there. If the game does go ahead in, in the Marcus Field, I think the Marcus Field in the most part should suit them anyway and the way they want to play and, and, and they will get it down and knock it around. But um again back it's it's probably uh I'd have to agree with Jason. I, I think the one thing you would have to do there and it it might be in a harm to see something like uh Ender Kern and Kieran Handel playing and just make it a small bit physical and mix it up a little bit. But I I'm they'll certainly have to do something if if, if they do want to uh to lay a glove on this Cork team because at the moment they are really going very, very well. Yeah, and certainly strong defensively as well, uh, it has to be said. To move on, I suppose, to our predictions as well, lads, outside of that, I know that, that you know, a unanimous 
Cork uh, victory is probably expected. Obviously, we're all hoping that is incorrect uh, come Friday afternoon, Friday evening. But we have uh, three other games to look at as well. The first one of that we're going to look at is Wexford versus Longford, uh, Jason. I suppose Longford, though, will definitely be coming off a back of a very disappointing result, if you look at it from their point of view, against Bray Wanderers last night. Uh, 2-1 defeat for them. Travelling to Wexford then after that is, is certainly no gimme for Gary Cronin and his team. No, definitely not. And, and Wexford are doing really, really well, as we know, Adrian. You know, since that, that defeat from Treaty um, in the opening day of the season, you know, um, they're going really, really well. They have a couple of wins sandwiched in there between their, their two defeats. But the defeats, obviously, are Treaty and, and Waterford, you know. So, um, Longford, I suppose I expected them to get a result the other night against Bray. Um, they didn't. Um, and now they're away from home, as you quite rightly said, in a quick turnaround. So I'll be leaning towards a Wexford win there, Adrian. Look, it's it's their goal scoring ability. They're averaging nearly two goals a game. Okay, they're conceding goals as well, don't get me wrong. Um, but as we know, Longford aren't known for, for scoring a lot of goals. They're highly dependent on, on Sam Verdon, we know that. Um, and they've only, I suppose, look one goal to their name, Adrian, in, in their two games. So for that reason alone, I'm going to go for a Wexford win. Yeah, I know I've went for a draw in this one myself. Uh, what's your own verdict here, Noel? Yeah, I'm actually going for the draw. And the, the reports that I got back from the Bray Longford game is that Longford were very, very unlucky. And actually, the aforementioned Sam Verdon missed a hat trick, a really, really good chances, um, one to, to put Longford 2 0 up. Um, so, and I, in fairness to Longford, I think obviously it was only their, their second game, you know, and they're probably a bit hamstrung in terms of not getting a bit of continuity. And it was interesting to see that, you know, that we were saying last weekend that that the the matches off or the break would, you know, would stand to the teams that were playing on Monday night, yet the three teams that didn't play on, on Friday night were all beaten last night. So maybe it's because it's early in the season and guys are still trying to find a bit of form, but... I think, you know, you might see a, a two-all drop down there um, with Sam Vernon back in the goals. Yeah, and just to stick with yourself, Noel, for the next game, Cove Ramblers hosting Bray Wanderers. Uh, an amazing finish, it must be said, in Lizzie Woolen uh, for Cove. You know, two-one down. Both teams were down to 10 men, but into it and scored two goals, one just before injury time and one in injury time, Ben and O'Brien, Whitmarsh, former Corkman, to get the win. You could see what it meant to everyone in, in the Cove camp. That was really a huge game for both sides. Uh, for confidence building. They'll now go into a home game against Bray where they've made it very hard for teams, Noel, it must be said. Uh, so, you know, another a tough game now for Bray coming off the back of their win. Yeah, but then, you know, the win for Bray again was as big for, for them probably as it was for Cove. Obviously not in the manner that it came, but um, two teams that are obviously desperate for points as well. Um, it's hard really to to come up with a definitive one there running the fact that you know the cover at home and I think um an improving Bray will probably be good enough to get a draw down there. I I I probably see that game ended up a draw. I'm just gonna go for Cove myself. They didn't leave me down last week, so they're definitely gonna go for him as well. What about yourself, Jason? I'm gonna go for a Bray win there, Adrian. Uh Cove will be without Luke Desmond. We know that he was red carded the other night, uh, along with Glenn McCauley. Um, and that was the coupon buster for me. <laughs> I know at low and I suppose, look, are, are scratching for a result and they're only coming together. But if we look at the Bray lineup, Adrian, there is quality in, in that lineup. 
you know, there certainly is with Conor Clifford and, and Paul Fox and Hugh Douglas and, you know, they have good players and, and I think that that bedding in time, I suppose, that we were all kind of concerned about between Ray and Kevin Teeley, I think that's probably coming together now. Um, Cove, can they maintain that kind of intensity um, that they've shown over the last two games? Uh, we know the pitch is a factor in, in St. Colmas Park, but I just think Bray have that little bit, I suppose, of quality and, and guile and Curtis Bourne was off the mark from the other night as well. He's a player that we know can score goals at this level if he's if he's motivated and and look I just think they'll have a little bit too much Adrian I really do. And on the last game, Jason, to stick with yourself, you've got Atlone and Galway. I think out of the games to predict, this was probably uh, felt on paper the easiest, obviously for myself. Anyway, I have went for a Galway win in Athlone. I mean, even just taking the football out of it, the experience difference between the two sides. Uh, what's your own verdict? Yeah, I don't think that anybody really will be will be back in that loan. It's, it's certainly going to be a Galway win for me. Um, as we said, very impressive um, against Treaty last night. Um, on the crest of a wave, top of the table. And um, look, I think, obviously, if they win their game in hand, they're top of the table. Cork are sitting there at the moment, but, but Galway will know that they have that game in hand. Um, and I think they'll be too strong for that loan, Adrian. Yeah, and I think I'm safe to say, Noel, you'll be joining us on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think like at loan, you know, they'll really be down again after after what happened last night. And like Galway will remember, you know, because we're talking about Cork remembering last year. I, I know at loan will be our beat uh, Galway 3-0 and I'm sure that'll be a bit of a reminder as well. But you just can't see them slipping up. Yeah, certainly not. And to finish off, Jason, it's the, the small matter and the not-so-small matter locally, it must be said, of the Tui Cup final that will take place at Jackman Park tomorrow night between two of the Limerick District League Premier Division giants, Fairview and Balananti. I suppose the old mantra of anything can happen in a Cup final comes into it here, but there, there'll be nothing you'd imagine to say. I, I, I'm expecting, I have to say, a close game myself there, Jason. Oh, it'll definitely be a close game, Adrian. You know, you look at Balananti historically, they're... They're lost in cup champions, I think, more than any other um, um, junior club in, in Limerick. But the Tuohy Cup on offer on, on Wednesday night is the first Premier Trophy up for grabs. Um, they'll certainly want to win it. Fairview will certainly want to win it. I don't see a whole pile in it. The conditions might play a factor. Obviously, a lot of rain falling and it'll be interesting to see what way Jackman Park is. But look, both very, very strong squads on paper. It's it's who turns it up on the night, Adrian, and, and who delivers for the two managers. Yeah, it certainly will be. And we look forward to that game, as well as obviously the Munster Derby between Trudy and Cork, which we will be discussing in detail next week on episode eight of The Soccer Scene. My thanks once again to Jason and all for joining us uh, this evening. And we will hope that you can join us next week once again for our packed show. Thank you.